Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CMO Moves. I am here today talking with Seth Farman, CMO of Spotify, about all the amazing things that he's been doing at Spotify, both internally and externally. Uh, so, Seth, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Nadine. It's good to be here. Great. Thank you for joining. You know, Seth, I have to be honest with all the listeners, you are my very first recording. And so I am thrilled that you're first because you're also a podcast host yourself. I am. I'm a podcast host in training is the way I look at it. I think we all are. This is a, it's funny. I was going to say it's a new format, but it's not. It's been around for a while, but it's really just emerged. And it's, uh, it's really emerged as a very fascinating uh, format. And there's something much more authentic about it than most of the overly produced formats out there. And I think that People sense that, that it's a couple of people talking. I actually really believe in what you just said, because you said it's all about being authentic and it's about letting the conversation happen naturally. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. It's about us talking about the real deal. You know, everything out there these days tends to be scripted or, you know, has to be blessed or, you know, goes through 18 corrections before it ever gets out there. And I feel like we've lost the ability to just talk to each other as human beings. So, so nice that I can actually have a conversation with you here. It'll be fun. And look, you're taking on a, a challenge because you are, you're talking to marketers and marketers by definition um, are thinking about a final package product or thinking about the clarity of the narrative. And done well, that's fantastic. But if you overprocess, then it feels like advertising, mm -hmm. and that's what you want to avoid. Um, you know, not with the podcast, but just in communications in general. Right. So there are a lot of marketers who have to unlearn um, everything that has been learned over the last couple of decades, um, and that requires a level of uh, uh, vulnerability 
that's sometimes uncomfortable for all of us. And that vulnerability is so important and ties directly back to authenticity. And I know when you and I have chatted before about you going into Spotify, where you thought you could go, it really was grounded in both being vulnerable, but also being authentic. And uh, you've done a lot uh, since you've been there. How long have you been at Spotify now? It's been a couple of years at least, right? Yeah, about two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. And when we chatted about this, you know, take, take me through it again. Like, what was your vision? How did you start with that? And then I want to come back to where it all began when you first decided you were interested in being a CMO and, and how you got there. Sure, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I think people have to develop belief systems. I think people have to understand uh, and appreciate their view of the world, their approach to business, their approach to um, their craft, if you will. And I think that that has to be your, your central starting point because it's so easy to get lost. It's easy to get lost in new technologies and new mediums. Uh, it's easy to get lost in uh, competing strategies and interests. And you have to have a belief system before you have a solid operating system. And for me, my fundamental belief system actually comes from the career that I decided not to do. And uh, I started out as a journalist. I went to school for journalism. Um, some of the best schools around. And that decision was based on a belief that if you give people information, useful information in a way that is easy to understand and personally valuable and relevant, that you are unlocking everything. And when I thought of journalism, I thought, if you want to see progress in the world, if you want to see the ability to improve people's lives uh, come to bear, come to fruition, then it's all about useful information delivered time and time again. And the world has become incredibly complicated. We're in a post-truth world where we're not even certain at times the where information comes from and how much you should believe in it and rely on it. So this idea of usefulness and authenticity is never more important. As a journalist, that was uh, incredibly meaningful. How do you take complex issues and make them understandable and relevant to people where they can actually feel more in control? And uh, I enjoyed that very much, but I found it an imperfect business. And so I started to think, where else in the world do people get information? And where would that belief system have unique value? And I accidentally got into marketing. And I was looking for an alternative to journalism and thinking, what skill sets do I have and how can I apply them? As a journalist, you walk in every day, stupid, and you go home a little bit smarter. You work very quickly. You have to distill a lot of information, complicated information into a powerful narrative, and you had to find a way to be useful. 
So I've applied that to marketing all along and found it fundamentally true. And if you look at where the world has moved and where communications has moved, whether it's social media, whether it's formats like this on podcasts, much has been stripped away. And that creates an incredible opportunity for a marketer to simply say something honest, meaningful, and allow that to sell the product, allow the product to sell itself and get everything else out of the way, in a sense. And when I came to Spotify, it was incredibly exciting because a few reasons. One is you have an audience that is trying to connect and express itself and to grow and to discover through an interest in music. You've got a lean-in audience that is just eager to know more about culture, more about society, more about themselves, more about each other. And the, the medium music is completely shareable and ubiquitous. If you think about language, language keeps people from connecting. You go to a place you've never been before. You don't have a common language. And no matter how hard you try to work through it, you don't feel connected. So you never get to a level of depth of understanding. But music transcends all of that. And to me, it was so interesting to come here because the language was common and the data, how people use that language, how they use music in their lives was so readily available. So by understanding music and their musical tastes and habits, you can understand the person. And ultimately, that's what kind of fuels me. I just want to know more about people. I want to understand. I want to be able to go deep inside people and not understand why they bought something, but understand the five things that happened in the week before that got them to the place to even want something. Who are they? What's special to them? And this was an opportunity to really uncover that. So when you looked around when you first got there, and I think you mentioned you started with a relatively small team and you thought to yourself, this is how I want to do this, or this is the direction I want to go in. What were some of the things that you knew you needed to add to your team and how did you go about putting that together? Well, I knew that we needed better and richer insights. We needed a team of analysts who were also marketers so that we could look at all of this data and start connecting these dots together. So it was sort of a balance of social scientists and data scientists that was needed. We also, we also needed a team internally to turn those insights into creative ideas. It's a craft. It's an art to turn information into content. And we didn't have it when I came in, but we had, we had the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. We had talent, we had insight, we had will, and we had music. But we needed to really give the team the responsibility to not just tell individual stories, but to tell cultural stories, community stories. And that required a, a whole new process. 
and a new team, quite honestly. Not a new team of people, but a new, um, a new ethos for the team. Mm-hmm. And I, when you and I were putting together the case studies that we drew up on you for the CMO talent challenge uh, with the ANA, you shared with me an amazing story about leveraging a coach to help along the way to kind of stitch together, together this fabric. Can you talk a little bit more about that and, and tell me how's it going now? Because I know that was still early on uh, when you had brought that coach in for your whole team. Yeah, that's right. So the coach, um, his name's Tom Walters. And uh, originally I brought him in to help me. New role, new company, new category, a, a culture that was new, an internal culture that was new to me. And I've always found it really helpful uh, to get out of your own head and to make sure that you're spending enough time, uh, again, getting back to your belief system. And, you know, when you go to a new place, it's easy to get confused. It's easy to forget everything that you learn, um, especially one as smart as Spotify. So I brought them in for myself. And then what I started to realize was in order to create the kind of team that I wanted, uh, my leads, my direct reports could really benefit from, from the same approach. So at first I was a little bit concerned, you know, if my coach is the same as my, those who report to me, will, the, will there be uh, less trust? Will my, uh, my leaders be worried about being fully open and transparent and have that level of confidence and trust. And to their credit, they didn't from the very beginning. So what, what's so interesting is what Tom has done with, and I was talking actually to uh, Jackie Jantos just this morning about it. If you don't know Jackie, she's, this is the second time we work together. She's got a, a background at Ogilvy. She went on to Verizon. She went to Coke and did many, many years of amazing work with uh, Jonathan there. Um, and then found her way to Spotify uh, before I joined. So I had, a, I had a level of, you know, just trust and familiarity from the beginning. Um, and I was talking with her today about the role that Tom, that a coach has played. And what she said is by, by following a path of uh, her own, of helping herself, of getting more comfortable with her own thoughts and ideas and feelings, of getting more confident in her own belief system, it's allowed her to really explore many more of the questions and the issues that we all face every single day. Um, Gender equality as one. Uh, Getting out of your own mindset and trying to go deep inside someone else to reach a point of empathy. And so the process of self-exploration allows you to explore others in a much more useful way because it creates empathy and connection and commonality, even if your experience has been different. And I think that that's been, that's been helpful to everyone, more meaningful to some, but in, in a, in a, in a very consistent way, my, my team now is more empathetic. And I think that that's core 
for good marketing, but it's also core for just a good internal culture, good teamwork, better hiring decisions, all of it, right? I need to just provide the tool and the path, and then they have to go through their own exploration on their own. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I You're tapping into one of my biggest passions, which is really culture and creating a safe and inclusive environment where everyone can be their best selves and bring their best selves uh, to work. And work is such an important part of our day and ensuring that people are working together well is such an important initiative for any leader. And to your really, really excellent point, leadership development is self-development and mastery of the self is what leads to having the greatest strength in your leadership capability. And I didn't just obviously make that up because that came from the leadership challenge, which has been around for 30 years. Uh, But it's true. And, And I think using a coach is brilliant. And the way that you were able to allow that coach to help your whole team operate at a completely different level is, is really a model for everyone, I think. And, and that's what this show is all about, is sharing these amazing tips. And I'd like to go a little bit deeper on one thing, Seth, because you did mention gender equality. And obviously, that's something I think about every day. So can you go a little bit deeper on that? You know, How did having this coach or the other types of initiatives that you've put into place to help your team come together help to advance that mission? Well, I mean, it's been important to me for some time. Uh, you know, my wife and I have a 12-year-old boy, and just to use as an example, we've been talking about gender equality. We think that we have uh, not only a, a responsibility, but we have this opportunity to raise a boy who becomes a man who actually has a larger impact on, um, on gender equality uh, than if we'd had a daughter, in a sense, right? It's like, how do we teach this boy to become the kind of man that, that the world really needs? I think how it's manifested here is, uh, is a couple of ways. Um, one is simply by uh, acknowledging and opening a dialogue. It, uh, it forces people to, uh, to really inspect their almost unconscious behavior. And it creates a new level of expectation. And while, you know, we're talking about gender, it's, it's certainly part of diversity and inclusion at large. But the other thing is by, by using a coach, by encouraging people to self-examine, by raising the value of empathy, it's, it's given people on the team the sense that their differences are as important as the commonalities that, that they have. And um, I have a team that is majority women. And I find that what we, what we need as communicators more than anything is this level of, uh, of thoughtfulness. And in what had once been um, a more male-dominated industry, the better work seems to be coming from people who have a higher level of sensitivity. 
And so by even just allowing these conversations uh, to come to the surface, people really do examine their beliefs, false or otherwise. And the end result is what you said earlier. I, I hope that we've created a safer environment. Because if you're expecting innovation, if you're expecting creativity, it only comes from an environment where you do feel safe, where you feel no lack of judgment and a complete openness to try and to occasionally fail. So it's not about making everyone the same. It's about respecting everyone for what they bring and not silencing any voices, especially the voices of the 52% of our population. Right. And when you went to Spotify, you were CMO at Gap. Uh, What would you say is the biggest difference between those two environments? And would you encourage more CMOs who are in, I would say, these very large, long-term established brands to maybe step out and try something new? I would, but everybody, you know, has, has different approaches and different comfort levels. I mean, for me, you know, I, I went to Gap uh, during a very, very low time in its history, both business and brand value. Um, I went there because I loved the brand and I thought that the brand deserved better. And I thought that the world and America deserved a stronger Gap. You know, I'm a, a product of um, having worked at the Gap um, in stores over, um, over holiday breaks and over summers and remembering when, when that brand stood for more than just clothes. It stood for uh, inclusiveness and optimism and um, really like an American ethos in a way. So I went there for that. And I remained excited and encouraged. And I think a lot of our best work came again from that belief system. Uh, but what I wasn't entirely prepared for is how difficult it is to change a company culture. And look, you're, if you're not winning for a period of time, that really can seep into the culture of the company. And there's great honor and purpose in re, uh, rediscovering um, you know, the ethos of a brand or a company. But that's super hard work. When I came to Spotify, you know, here is a fast-growing company that didn't even fully understand the magic that is in this brand. You know, people, people either, they either don't know Spotify or they love Spotify, right? It's like one of those things. And it's very rare. But, you know, what you give up is a roadmap. What you give up is lessons from the past. What you give up is, uh, is a, you know, built foundation. And you have to, you have to be willing, I suppose, to, to try things and fail to invent ways of going forward that you don't know are right, but that you think are worth at least an effort. And you have to be willing to um, 
to model a brand off of uh, some very, uh, very few data points. So it requires a level of creativity, but the, the reward of, of building something new, the reward of taking something you think is magical and simply introducing it to the other two thirds of the world, like being at that place, that, that moment of creation, those early days of formation and to think 20, 30, 40 years from now that you were part of something that sort of transcends not only time, but the product and service that you provide is just too good to turn away. But you have to be okay in the, in the gray area. And you have to be okay rolling up your sleeves and digging in. And for me, you know, marketing done well is a craft. And I don't want to manage a team that creates the craft. I want to be involved in it. I want to have these debates. I want to, I want to be part of the, you know, the mess making um, that eventually turns into the much more polished and authentic work that comes out. Um, but you have to be willing to do that. But anyone who still likes to make stuff, I would really encourage to go to a place where you get to make it for the first time. There's nothing like that. Uh, that is very inspiring, I'm sure, for a lot of folks who are listening. Um, as we wrap up here, Seth, you know, there are a lot of people who look at the role of CMO and, and say, ooh, I want to be that, or I never want to be that. Um, and it's such a complicated role to define because it's constantly changing as the world changes. Uh, we take on new capabilities, new technology, new ways of thinking. What would you say to those folks that are either already aspiring to be a CMO or on the fence? Like, what's the best part of your day or what would you advise them to go and embrace more of so they can get ready for that role? Well, I think the role of CMO has uh, sort of swung back and forth like a pendulum, um, unfortunately. And, but the role at one point in the heyday was really about uh, creating dreams and giving people the ability to dream about a better future for them, a more exciting life, or whatever it is. And then with, uh, with really the technological advancements, um, also known as the internet, we, we really focused, I think, too much on the delivery of those dreams, and we evaluated ourselves. Um, and I think you have to ask yourself why you want to be a CMO. And if you're intensely curious about everything, but especially people, if you, if you love to, to use the, the art, the craft of communication, which is, it's instinctual. It is, it is something that just comes from inside you. And if you want to use the power of communications um, to influence people in a positive way, this is absolutely a perfect role. Uh, for those who want to be 
in the center of what is perceived as a glamorous role where you get to go to interesting places. You get to meet interesting people. You get to be on podcasts with Nadine. (laughs) Then there's probably something else that you should choose because it's, it is a very uh, subjective world of marketing. And to my earlier point, if you don't have something meaningful to say, you shouldn't say it. So you have to have a level of boldness and bravery uh, in service of something bigger than yourself in order to be successful. Otherwise, you're managing a process that essentially is going in a circle. Mm. Yeah, very good point. Okay, so if you were not a CMO, what would you be? If you could be anything in the world? Um, I would be a chef. Yes, love that. Tell me why. Combination of art and science. I am fascinated by food. I am fascinated by the how the better you understand how uh, physics work. When you apply heat <laughs> to a certain ingredient, it's, it has a byproduct. Those are all of your tools for creativity. And I believe that food is one of the most powerful portals towards understanding. People experience new cultures, new points of view, new parts of the world, new people first and best through food. It is a wonderful way to create narrative. And you see this in the restaurant industry now, um, which I'm super excited by. And then the last reason is when you're a chef, you have to taste it all. (laughs) Eat all of that great food. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, you reminded me, I have another wonderful guest coming up in this series. Uh, Her name is Barbara Martin Coppola. She's the CMO of Grubhub. And uh, she is a wonderful person. She's Spanish and French, and she shares your love and food. But I think she shared with me a fact, and I want to make sure I get it right. But I think it's the number one thing shared on social media today beyond friends and family is food pictures of food. So maybe that leads you right back to your marketing role there, Seth. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, you know, you are who you are. You're good at what you're good at. If you try to change that, it never turns out well. You just have to be true to yourself and let the chips fall where they may. Absolutely. And that is a brilliant way to end our show. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Happy to do it, Nadine. Look forward to the rest of the series. Oh, thanks, Seth. Have a great day. You as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming, to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 